Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. For this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Jen Wise, a wife, mama, and newly published book author whose new book, The Bright Life, just released in January of this year. And you guys, this book is packed full of wisdom, truth, and encouragement, especially on the topic of leaning into grace and finding refreshment in the Lord. I just know you're going to love my conversation with Jen as we dive more into her heart behind The Bright Life, the journey that has brought her to where she is today, and how even you and I in this season of motherhood can pursue rest, joy, and the unforced rhythms of grace. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited about this conversation you and I are about to have because I already know that you are just filled with so much truth and wisdom that us moms need to be clinging to in this season. And and I just, I've, I've been really enjoying your book and I definitely want to talk about that too. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yes. Um, I would love if you would just introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and what this season looks like for you right now. Yeah. So I live um, just outside of Philadelphia in a town called Bryn Mawr. It's kind of like the inner neighborhoods outside of the city lines. And um, I have two kids who are now feel really old when I think back to this time of being like a mom with young kids. My, I, yeah, I just, yeah, just this morning I thought these kids are both almost like one is fully bigger than me and the other is the same size. So they are 11 and oh 13, two boys. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's a really fun age, kind of these like middle school years. I, I don't remember liking middle school, but I like having middle school boys. So Aww. they just, yeah, they're fun. We do a lot together, but they also are, you know, somewhat independent and, but they're busy. So they both have different activities and there's a lot of the running around and all that, but yeah. So we're, you know, doing that as a family. And then um, my book just came out last month or in January. And, um, so that's been, you know, just kind of a crazy busy time of book promotion and trying to, you know, get other work done and just a lot of just, a, it's just a busy time of life, but I feel like it's funny because I have to keep revisiting my own book in this season. And it's been really helpful <laughs> to remember like, oh, right. I said that you should do this or shouldn't do that. And it's like a great reminder. It's like, I'm like telling myself what to do. Cause I've you know, already, you know, you keep forgetting. So yes. it's been really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. It's like, thank me from the past, you know, like <laughs> right. thanks for, for learning this once upon a time so that I can learn it again. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, and in your book, The Bright Life, uh, which I'm going to put a link to in the show notes for sure, because I definitely want the listeners to grab a copy. Um, I I love the layout of it because at first I thought that it was just a, like, just like a book, you know, like a normal book, but it really is more of like a devotional. And I really appreciate that because I can't sit and read, you know, full <laughs> chapters every day, but I can definitely read, you know, those few pages. And, and I love your, um, I guess, what do you call it? A subtitle, I guess you would call it. 40 yeah. invitations to reclaim your energy for the full life. And I, I love that so much. I would love to know if you can explain for our listeners um, what you mean by the bright life. Like, what does that mean? And, and how do you even come to this 
I don't know, this point in your journey that led you to write this book? Yeah. So, you know, as a family, we just, we used to run pretty hard. And I mean, still, as I just said, there are seasons where we, you know, just are busier. And that's probably always going to be a true thing in life is that some, some seasons are just going to be harder or fuller, but we really were in a spot where, um, we were just doing way too much, staying up till, you know, two or three in the morning, our laptops working. I would try to get up early before the kids to get things done because that, that time they were, you know, still pretty young and needed me to do almost everything for them. (laughs) Um, And then even, you know, if there was one free night a week, I would think, oh, we should have people over for dinner. We should do this or that because I just kind of had it in my mind that like, you know, this is what it means to really like go for it in life is like, you should be trying to change the world. You should be trying to build a career. You should be trying to make sure your kids don't miss any opportunities. And, um, kind of in that flurry of trying to do everything for everyone and be everything for everyone, things just kind of came unraveled and there were health problems in our family and I was completely exhausted and run down. And it was kind of at that time that I started to realize like, this is, this isn't the life that we're meant to live. Like we are scrambling after this life that we think is what we need and want and should have life doesn't actually look anything like what we want it to look like. Um, and so, yeah, I think the bright life is just learning that, um, if we can just let go of all that kind of striving and scrambling that we can learn that the life that we really want is ours. If we actually stop trying so hard, if we have faith that like God's got us, he's holding us, he's holding our families, our future, he's holding the whole world. That's when we can find real rest and rest in that. Um, and that's when we can kind of reclaim that energy for a full life because we're not mm. literally just running ourselves into the ground trying to, you know, scrape together something that God's already just waiting to like hand it to us. Yes. And as somebody who struggles with accidentally running myself into the ground, <laughs> I really appreciate the just the message in your book, but also like how much you point to grace, because I feel like if there's anything that I've been learning in this season of being a mom, it's you have to have a lot of grace and receive a Mm. lot of grace and also give a lot of grace. And, (laughs) and I, and I love that you keep repeating this, this phrase throughout your book, the unforced rhythm of grace. And that's what I feel like I've been trying to pay more attention to of of what does this mean? What does it mean to walk with grace and to stop, you know, running myself into the ground and trying to pursue perfection that doesn't even exist. And and I just, yes. And I, I love how God, he led you to this, but it was through like difficult circumstances. And I know you mentioned briefly that there were some health things involved. Um, and I know that you're referring to your husband's condition. Um, now, I haven't made it through the whole book yet. So I'm wondering, so what what <laughs> happened next? Because I'm, I'm at the point where I, you know, you've just shared in your book that um, your husband was going through some very difficult um, health related stresses. And finally, like no interventions were working. He was in a lot of pain. It was affecting you guys and your family and your entire life. And then your doctor recommended, um, his doctor recommended that he start, um, resting more and pursuing, um, more holistic health. And that in turn, it led to this whole journey into this whole thing. And so then what happened? Like, so tell us a little bit about where your husband is today, if you don't mind me asking. 
Um, yeah, you know, I think for him, it's kind of become a bit of his own journey and just trying to figure out, you know, what, how does he pursue health on his own? Mm -hmm. Um, what matters to him most? And, And I think for me, like, it's been important for me to learn that, like, I have to do the same thing for myself. Um, Because even if, you know, my, like, you know, the the ways that stress um, and exhaustion and overwork affect me physically are different and not as, not that severe. Um, But the idea is still the same thing as learning to take responsibility for, taking care of yourself, for dealing with, you know, the things that come into your life that are hard, um, for being honest and with where you're at. And yeah, so I think that that's something that as a family um, and as individuals that, yeah, that we've kind of had to take on as our own thing. Um, and, And that's hard. I think it's hard because it's hard to make lifestyle changes on your on um, on its own. And then also it's hard if you're in a relationship or if it's a family member, or a friend, because ultimately like that has to be someone's individual choice. And so, you know, a lot of times we think that we can kind of, um, not change people, but lead them through change that, you know, they really need to want themselves. So I think that that's kind of like been our journey over the last couple of years, Um, but in seasons of choosing, making healthy choices, getting to bed earlier, um, eating healthier, not working so much, um, taking long weekends, those kinds of things. That's when I think, um, I've found that, yeah, that like life does seem to just even out a little more. And that doesn't mean suddenly you have no financial problems or there's never a conflict in any relationship or friendship or your kids, you know, get into every program you ever wanted. Like it doesn't mean that you don't have problems in life, but it does mean that you have a different outlook. You have energy for the things that matter and you have like connection with relationships that matter and with your community. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's really what we're looking for. Mm, yes. And, and I just I just wanted to highlight that for just a minute because this is a journey that you both have been on together. And I just I just find that so beautiful how God really was he's guiding your family as a whole and as a unit, you know. Although you, what you said is very true about how a person has to choose things like this for themselves. You can't force a change in lifestyle or a change in pace on somebody. But it really is just a beautiful, beautiful thing that you guys have been on this journey together and especially how it's been impacting you and then leading into the ministry that you've been able to do um, and how you've been able to encourage other women. Um, Now, we we talked for a minute about this just running ourselves into the ground. And I'm wondering, why do you think so many of us do this? Why is this something that we do? You know, I really think that it comes down to just not really believing in our own value and our own worth, mm-hmm. like as we are. And I don't say that because I think it's about like, you know, just thinking you're awesome. But if we are, if you're a Christian, you say, you, you know, believe in God's grace, you believe in his love, then we really should live like we believe it. But a lot of times, and I think most of the time, we honestly, we just don't. We see every flaw, every way we think that we're lacking, every mistake we've ever made every way we don't measure up to like whatever arbitrary standard we have in our minds. And, and that we let that really just pick away at our sense of value and worth that God says we already have, like we are completely loved, completely whole, completely mm. made new. 
um, and have like infinite value because of him. But we let every tiny little thing that we see, you know, about ourselves or where we don't measure up or see what someone else is doing. Um, and we just, yeah, we don't think that we're worth it. We don't think that we have that worth that he's given us. And Mm. so I think that we do, we kind of get stuck in this like rat race of always trying to like shore up everything on every side. Like if I could just, you know, work out a little more, if I could, you know, just change a few more things around the house or get a slightly different wardrobe or, you know, join two more groups or get in a slightly better position at work. Um, then we think that we'll feel secure and good. But the problem is, is that that's not how that works. (laughs) Like, because our, yeah, like our lack of, our lack of, um, our lack of faith is a lack of faith. It's, we're not, we're not struggling with our value and worth because, um, you know, we put on five pounds or because, you know, there's like something spilled on our kitchen countertop. We're struggling with our value and self-worth because we don't really trust that God loves us the way he says he does. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Yes, absolutely. And, and I find it interesting that, you know, you, I, I've been picking up on this, on this idea that there's a certain way that you can approach self-care in a way that is rooted in faith. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking that up from your book and from what you just, from what you just shared. And I, this is something that's new for me, this whole, this whole concept of taking care of yourself is an act of faith. You know, when yeah. you are doing it from the correct lens and with the correct perspective and and I think that for a lot of us women, our version of taking care of ourselves isn't necessarily about faith. It's about, you know, what you mentioned earlier of trying to prove that, you know, we're we're like superwoman. You know, we can do right. all the things and be all the things. So I'm going to work out and I'm going to get up super early and I'm going to, you know, um, be super healthy and, you know, get on a diet. And these are all really good, healthy things, but it's about the lens through which you're looking at them. Because if you're doing it from the perspective of, I have to have it all together, then you're right. Like you're going to struggle with your self-worth because you're never going to get it just perfect. And there's always going to be this, this goal that you can't quite achieve because someone else is already, you know, raising the standard, you know, and, or you can look at it through a lens of faith. And I just love how you're tying these things together through your book. And this is something that's been challenging me to reconsider how I view these things. Um, so I just love that so much. And just thank you for redirecting something that I think the world can, can twist, but you're, you're bringing it back to the truth and bringing it back to Christ. And that's just, such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I really love how you're doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I know that there are a lot of moms who are listening to my podcast who are feeling overwhelmed right now. And like they have a million things on their plate and they have to do all the things and be all the things. And and we mentioned earlier this idea of an unforced rhythm of grace. And I'm wondering what encouragement do you have for the mom who is in this season and how might she begin to actually pursue this unforced rhythm of grace on a practical level? Yeah. I mean, I would say on a really practical level, I mean, you know, it's just being a mom, especially of little ones, there is this really strange dynamic that seems really unfair where you have like zero time to yourself to do anything. (laughs) And yet you have like 
infinite amounts of pressure to perform. So it's kind of Mm. like, it's just a really, it's a tough, it's a tough walk. I think those years, um, and some of that pressure is cultural for sure, but some of it is kind of self-inflicted, like what we think we need to do, um, and be, and, you know, put forth into the world, like every second of every day. And so, Mm. I mean, I would say the, the most base level, and this is so basic, but is literally just learning to let some things go because that sounds easy, but it's actually really hard because you almost have to like stare down some of these things in your life and be like, this does not declare who I am. This says nothing about my value identity. So like if there's a basket of unfolded laundry on your bed and you need to go to sleep or you need to lay down for 10 minutes, or maybe your kid needs you, or you've got emails to get back to like, don't let that laundry dictate to you if you are a child of God and if you are fully loved and if you mm. you know have infinite value. And I know that sounds silly, but I think that that's actually what we do is we see these problems around the house or p- what we deem to be problems with ourselves or you know ways that we're lacking as a mom or maybe if we you know have a job outside of the home, ways that we're not like you know making the most of our career. And we let these things just eat away at our, at our value and identity and kind of bring us shame. So I'd say learning to let some of those things go and trusting that you do already have that value and worth. Um, Mm. Another really practical thing is just learning to do little things, because I think that a lot of times we are used to, especially if we are new to having kids, having the time and energy and wherewithal to like do all these great things that we want to be doing. So like, you know, oh, we're going on girls weekends or we're getting up and running every day or, you know, we spend like 45 minutes reading our Bible in the morning or whatever it is. Like, and then suddenly you have no time and it's like, and you're kind of just like eating away with guilt. You're like, oh my gosh, yes, I should be exercising. I should be, you know, the, the list of shoulds is like unending. Um, but so I think that we usually take one or two paths there. Either try to do it all and we just are like killing ourselves or we're almost like, I can't do it all. So I'm just not going to do any of these things. And then we're just wrecked with guilt either way. So one thing that I've been working on for years now, and it's still something that I have to remind myself of often is just doing the little things. Like don't feel bad if you can't do the big picturesque, amazing thing that you think you should be doing. Like if you don't have time to go out to lunch with a bunch of people, like, send a funny meme to your friend. So she knows that you're thinking of her or like, you know, if you can't make it to the gym or out for a run every day, which you probably can't. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Like put your baby in a stroller and go for like a 20 minute walk or download, you know, the Nike trainer app and do like a 15 minute workout once or twice a week. If that once a week, like do the little things that help Mm -hmm. you feel like you're still on track with the things that you care about and that make you feel good and kind of pour back into you, but without feeling like it has to be some big, amazing program or some like, you know, photo op, like just do the little things and get out of that, what you need to get out of it. Um, and then the thing I mentioned before is that, that was new for me was just going to bed earlier. And that is one of those things that in my mind really does go back to, um, really trusting God and having faith because I have always thought of, getting extra sleep as being lazy or shameful Mm. or, you know, selfish because there's all these, you know, there's all these things you should be doing. Um, but ultimately going to bed earlier says for one thing, we're being obedient because God does call us to get rest and to live in rhythms of rest. And that's the example that Jesus actually sets for us. 
But on top of that, going to bed at night instead of staying up to finish like 20 more things just so that we feel good about ourselves, like that says something about what we believe about God. Because it says that, yes, I'm going to go to bed and God's going to keep me and my life and my family and the world like all on track even if I'm not here to keep an eye on it, <laughs> like, which yes. is absurd that we think that anyway, but it's kind of how we live. Like, you know, oh, but if I don't just finish these last five things, everything's going to come apart. Um, but that's not living in that faith. That's not living in the, like, as if we really believe that God is the one in control here. So I would say like those three things, doing, doing the little things that, you know, pour back into yourself, even if you can't do the big things, like don't let it go, still find the little things, um, get to bed earlier and, and learn to let some things go. And that is really hard. I think that is incredibly hard to let things go, but you have to just learn to trust that you're still okay. Like even, even with some dirty dishes in the sink or, you know, some unreturned emails. Yes. Do you, do you feel like we ever fully arrive like that? We, (laughs) like we finish, you know, we, we learn, okay, I've learned how to let go of it and now I'm okay. Or do you think this is something that we're just gonna, we're gonna have to continually relearn again and again and wrestle with? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Like I feel like at least for myself, I can say it's something I've gotten better at, but I still dip backwards sometimes. And I, Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't, but you know, I think part of that is just because, you know, we don't, I don't know, learning to follow God and learning to be like Jesus, like we, that is not like a straight path. And there is some doubling back. There is some twists and turns when we, you know, get caught, you know, in a different set, I don't know, a different season of life, or we're in a weird relationship or we're exhausted and, you know, not being the best versions of ourselves. And so I do think like there is some doubling back, but, but at the same time, I do believe that the more you do something, the easier it gets. And that mm-hmm. isn't just like physical things, but even like making those mental, spiritual, emotional choices to say like this, you know, like the state of my home, the state of my wardrobe, the state of my career doesn't dictate who I am. Like if that's something that we put into practice, I don't know that we necessarily arrive and it's ever perfect and we're just there and we don't care at all about, you know, but I do think that is something that, um, it just becomes more and more of like who we really are and what we really believe. And it's less, I don't know, I guess more natural because we actually start to really believe it. And I think too, because the more we do that and the more we lean into trusting God, I think the more we find that we can trust him, that he is trustworthy. And I think that it's kind of then becomes a cycle of doing it, learning it's real, doing it, learning it's real over and over. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And as someone who's wrestled with this perfectionism for years and years and years and is just now like starting to come out on the other side and feel more at peace, like I... I can see how things do get easier over time, but those first steps out of whatever you're dealing with, out of the the stress or the pressure mm-hmm. or the or the striving, those are sometimes like the hardest. Yeah. And, and it can be enough to make you not want to work towards healing and health because it can be so paralyzing. But <laughs> gosh, but gosh, I just I just love the encouragement that you're giving to show like, no, there is a better way. And yes. 
you know, it might, it might look like big steps, but it might also just look like little ones, one at a time. And I think that that is just such a grace-filled way of looking at things because as women, I think that we struggle with, with, you know, letting things go and looking at it from just a little baby step perspective. We want to do all the things and yes, yes, (laughs) yes, this is, this is a big, big thing. Um, I want to know a little bit more about what you've learned about, um, the beauty of friendships, because I know that in, in parts of your book, you talk about community and how God has been using people to come alongside you and help you during tough times. And, um, I just think this is such an important thing that a lot of women struggle with or maybe is a mm. painful subject. Um, what do you have to say on um, on the subject of friendship and what it looks like in these days of motherhood? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's, again, it's, it goes back to that dynamic of being a mom with young kids, especially. But even, I will say, it doesn't get a lot easier as kids get older. Um, I think there's a dynamic of you have less time for things like that, but you need it more than you've ever needed it before. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I just think it's so important to find those people. Um, And I think that part of finding those people is being willing to put yourself out there. I think most, most women and are waiting for someone to reach out to them. Um, And I think most women are less confident than we think they are and have their own insecurities and their own struggles. And they're, not going to be the one to put themselves out there. So I think the easiest people have asked, I've actually had a lot of people ask me like, how do you make friends? And I'm like, you have to be the one to initiate right? <laughs> because everyone is waiting. I used to do, I used to wait for people to reach out to me, especially if I had moved somewhere or I was the new person at the school or the new person in a group or the new person at church. Like you kind of think, Oh, well, I don't know anyone. People should reach out to me, but everyone is waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to kind of, and you know, there might be a few people who do, do not reciprocate that friendship and just don't want to be your friend and that's okay. But most people really are looking for connection. And, um, and the thing that I've learned is that, you know, in the season of life, like where you've got young kids, like everything's just crazy. Like, I think that that idea of grace really permeates real friendships really heavily. And that's what enables you to, to have those, like you have to be able to show up to someone's house looking terrible and you have to be willing (laughs) to invite people into your home, even if it's not, you know, looking like a magazine, like you have to, you know, be willing to serve someone like, you know, packaged food that you picked up. And that doesn't mean every time, but like we have such this idealistic version of what life should look like. And I am extremely guilty of that. Like I want everything to look perfect and be perfect and taste perfect. And, and sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can put together like this beautiful dinner party and everyone will show up and no one's kids are sick and the food is amazing and it's all healthy and gorgeous. And you know, the night's a blast, but that's not, if you're waiting for that, you're going to be waiting a long time because you can't, or you're going to be going, you know, big, huge sections of time without having meaningful connection. So you just have to really be able to say like, Hey, like, yeah, this, you know, so-and-so's friend, you know, kid is melting down over in the corner and this person spilled something on my rug and like, and we all look a little crazy and someone has spit up on them. And like this person had to bail cause their kid's sick. Like, but you just have to learn to go with those things and you have to value those 
you have to value friendship enough to be willing to set those things aside. Mm. And, and that's actually really good for our souls because you start to realize like, yeah, my house was total chaos and there were like crumbs on the floor from all the kids and, you know, whatever, whatever it is that drives you nuts. Like, but guess what? It was still a really beautiful time. And I still connected in a really meaningful way with these other women. And there's really no replacement for that. Um, I just, the longer I am an adult, I guess, which is the nicer way of saying, like the older I get, like, I just, there's nothing that can replace those kinds of friendships in your life. Um, when things are good, when things are hard, you know, excuse me, like when your kids are struggling, when they're doing great, like you need those friends in your life that are going to like show up at your kid's wedding one day, or who are going to go with you to the doctor when you have a tough appointment. Like those are the people that you need in your life. Mm -hmm. I, I so agree. And you're right about how this is the sort of thing that, that really does nurture your soul. But I think that a lot of us, we don't realize that we're missing it until we, till we finally have it again. And we, it's like that breath mm. of fresh air when you're sitting across from a friend and you're finally getting a chance to share your heart with them. And it's like, ah, okay. Yes. Like, I, <laughs> I, I feel sane again. I feel like someone is listening to me and someone is with me in this. And, and I, I love how you encourage friendships and that, and that pursuit of community because it matters. Yeah. Um, why do you think that why do you think that friendships can sometimes be challenging? Why do you think that why do you think that we're afraid to pursue? I mean, I know that you touched on how um, you know, we're waiting for people to pursue us first, but I think that sometimes we're afraid to pursue because of um rejection. And can mm-hmm. you speak to that for a minute cuz I just I I know that there are women listening who they're thinking, "Well, that sounds great, but I don't really think that anyone wants to hang out with me or that sounds great, but I think my life is a little bit too messy or I just had a baby and, and I'm feeling so overwhelmed and who wants to come and, you know, watch my kid for me while I go take a nap or who wants to come (laughs) and listen to me complain about breastfeeding. And, and I'm just wondering, you know, how, how have you seen friendship, um, come through in times like that? You know, I think that's a great question because, I think that we really feel like we should have our act together more, like all the time. I mean, I live with this constant sense of like, you should have it together more than you do. (laughs) Um, That's something I like feel keenly on a daily basis. And I think for that reason, like we kind of, I don't know, I think it goes back again to that sense of like, we just don't see our own value and our own worth. And we really, and we really don't believe other people can see it. I mean, I'm very guilty of that. Like I, you know, like I see women at yoga class or at school things or, you know, whatever I, wherever I am during my week. And it is, I think we see other people and we view them as having it all together. And we think, well, why would they want to be friends with me? (laughs) Or like, or how would I ever even be comfortable in this friendship? Um, And I think that like, the more we're able to just show like our real selves, like with flaws and with, you know, dirty hair and with, you know, everything that comes along with just being like an actual real person, the more we're, we're able and willing to show that to other people. Um, I just think that there's a really incredible bond that happens there. And I'm not saying you need to go and air your dirty laundry to everyone who will listen, because certainly that is not a good idea. Right, definitely. <laughs> but, I, but I do think just 
yeah, I guess being willing to put yourself out there and yeah, there is that fear of rejection. Um, and because sometimes it does happen, but I think more times than not, people are eager for connection and, um, and aren't looking for a perfect person to be friends with. Like, I don't think most people want to be friends with anyone who doesn't have any real problems ever or who Mm. has it completely together or acts like they have it all together. I think that's exhausting. Like, because we know, I think because we know it's not really true, you know, like we know that that's not a real connection when someone always has, you know, their mask on and their guard up. And, um, so yeah, I just think like being, being that real person for other people, people see that and they, they want that. <laughs> like that's the yeah. friend that people are actually looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I feel like throughout your book, you, you're challenging us to, to live and to love more like Jesus. And that's such a good thing to, to be striving for. Definitely. Um, and I love how it ties even into like our friendships. Like, you know, you want to love the way that Jesus loved. Um, I want to know how have you seen this, this journey that you've been on challenge you to love more like Jesus? How have you seen it mold you into looking more like Jesus? Mm, That's really good. Um, I think, you know, I think the thing about leaning into grace for yourself is that it helps you to um, extend that to other people. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that we see in Jesus' life all the time is, you know, inviting people in who don't, you know, who make mistakes or uh, extending grace to people who don't deserve it. And like, it's like sidebar, like none of us deserve it. <laughs> like, you know, but I think like <laughs> just yeah, the more that we start to realize for ourselves, like, hey, like God loves us, like we're we're held, we're being made whole, we're being made new. Um, that's when we start to realize that like that's true for the people around us as well. And also I think it also enables us to live in a way where we have the space, we have the mental space, we have the emotional space, and like just the time and our schedule and the energy to actually engage the people around us more. Like the thing that I've thought about a lot is like, you know, when I am just in up to my eyeballs in like tasks and to do's and trying to get a million things done, like I'm not really even seeing the people around me unless Mm. they're like right in front of my face with a real legit emergency need. (laughs) Like, otherwise I'm kind of just going through my day, like scrambling, trying to get everything done. And then you get to the end of the day and you're exhausted and fall asleep and wake up and you do it again. And you can go like that your whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't really see the people around you, but when you learn to kind of rest in God and trust him and kind of let go of all of that scrambling, you suddenly have the space to kind of like look up and see the actual humans that are around you, like your own family, but also your neighbors or the person at the next next desk over at work, or maybe, you know, the person at the grocery store that you bump into who needs more than just a quick hello. Like maybe they actually need to talk for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's just, I think that that's, we don't, normally we don't see any of these opportunities around us because we're so busy, just kind of like eyes down, trying to like get everything taken care of. But once we are able to rest in God's love and rest in the fact that he's holding all this together and he's got our future, 
that's when we can like look up and trust like he's going to keep our footing sure. You know, like we can actually look up, see where the Holy Spirit's moving, see where, you know, see the people that need love, that need attention, that, you know, maybe need just drop off a coffee or say hello or just smile at someone even. I mean, some of these things are so basic, but we can go through so much of our lives just not even engaging in that way. So I think that that's been, that's been a huge, um, I don't know, I guess just a big thing that I've really enjoyed learning and seeing come to fruition is like when I'm able to really live in these rhythms, um, the opportunities to live that meaningful life. That's like what we want. We all are trying to live a meaningful life, but this is the way to actually do it. Yeah. You know, Yes, I love it. That that really is the bright life when it's, you know, when your life is so full of light and love and laughter that that the things that we face, you know, the difficulties and the challenges, they don't drag us down as much as they otherwise would. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about leaning into these rhythms, these rhythms of grace. Um when it comes to spending time with the Lord, what do, what do you have to say to the mom who feels like she really doesn't have much time, not even 10 full minutes to read her Bible these days, and she is just up to her shoulders in demands and kids and um, and just all these to-dos? And what do you have to say to her? What encouragement can you give? Yeah, you know, this is something I actually feel really strongly about because I do think— you know, there are seasons in life where you can be a part of like this really amazing Bible study or, you know, have you have hours to journal and read your Bible and pray. That That's great and meaningful and special. But in a, especially this season of life, I think the first thing is to just drop all of that pressure because mm. engaging with God is not about checking off a bunch of awesome to-dos or having some like Instagram worthy, like devotional time. Like engaging with God is literally just about engaging with God. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of times, again, it goes back to like that do something small idea. Like we think that because we don't have time to, you know, read five books of the Bible and complete some huge Bible study and you know, journal for 30 <laughs> minutes, like we're like, well, I guess I can't do it. You know, <laughs> so, like, so we just don't. And um, but the thing is, is that, that's not a requirement to engaging with God. Like you can engage with God all throughout the day, just in like casual prayer, but also like there are going to be times when you can do more, but sometimes like you're in a season of life where literally like you're just reading the verse of the day on you version. And to me, I say, that's great. (laughs) I don't think the fact that we would find guilt over the way that we're engaging with God is a sign that like we're, we're thinking about it all wrong. Because when we come to God, like he's always there, like, and he's going to meet with us in that moment, right where we are, regardless of if it's for an hour or for five minutes, or if we, you know, were there yesterday, or if we do the same thing tomorrow. Um, and I, so I think I, there's a book by John Acuff called Finish, and he talks about this concept of the day after perfect, how if, you know, you say you're going to run for 30 days and then you run for 15 days and you miss a day, you quit because it's not perfect anymore. And that's totally what we do. And we do the same thing with our spiritual life where we think, right. oh, well, you know, I didn't, I, you know, missed this for three days or I didn't read my Bible or I just, I started journaling and then I missed a couple of days. So now it's over with. 
And that's so silly. Like I've actually forced myself to keep this same little notebook that I just got at Target. It's just a plain little notebook. And there are, there are like, this goes against every grain of my being because I like things to be like organized and perfect and, you know, neat and a plan. But I have forced myself to keep using this same notebook for quite some time now because there will be seasons where I'm like reading chapters of the Bible and I'm just writing tons of notes and thoughts and ideas. And then there might be nothing written for a month and a half. And then there might just be a list of prayer things or like, it's just, it's all over the place. It looks like I'm crazy, (laughs) but it's actually hard to maintain that because you don't want to see that. You want to see something that makes you feel good. Like you are crushing this like spiritual life. And, but that's not what it's about. It's about having that time with God and you know, I talked to a girl one time. I shouldn't say girl. She was probably in her 20s. So to me, that feels so young now. I talked to this woman. I talked to this woman after a speaking thing back in the fall. And she said, you know, she really is struggling because she's like, I don't have the time to like read like, you know, just tons and tons of the Bible every day. And then when I try, I just feel like I'm disengaged. And, um, and the thing that I suggested to her, and maybe this is not for everyone, but I, I was like, stop doing what you think you have to do. Like, don't read a certain book of the Bible because you think it's cooler or deeper. <laughs> like, if you're, if you just want, if your goal is to engage with God right now, like, pick a, pick a, a section of the Bible that speaks to you and just stay there. Like, I think yeah. I read first, like, first Peter in the message translation. I think I read that maybe like 50 times on repeat, like, without, without bouncing to, you know, a gospel in the Old Testament or any of these things that people say you should do. And I'm sure they're all great. But what I needed to do was read first Peter in the message translation yes. over and over and over. And I did it. And I, and I just think, yeah, take off the pressure, take off whatever it is that you learned growing up or that you just think you should do from online or from your church or from people's Instagram posts or just what's in your mind of all these to do's that you should be, you know, crushing to be an awesome Christian and just engage with God in the ways that you can. And maybe that's just turning on worship music and being reminded of like who God is and letting that, you know, seep into your soul. Like, um, yeah, I guess that's, maybe that's not like exact advice, but those are the things that I would say. <laughs> yes. No, but this is such good encouragement. And, and can I just say that I love that you include the message translation in your book because I don't find that very often in books yeah. that I'm reading. And when I realized that you were you were continually using this translation, I'm like, I felt like I was free to explore that translation more because I think a part of me feels like, oh, you know, well, it's, it's too paraphrased or, oh, you know, right. you can't truly spend your time in the word if you're using the message, you know? It, right. it's, and it's, <laughs> yeah. such, it's such a silly perspective to have or silly attitude to have towards it. But that, you know, that's, that's the way that I subconsciously think. And so I'm being challenged to think, no, like there is truth and there is power and it's okay. You know, like yeah. I, love, I just love that you use the message. And this was, this was something that really was so refreshing to me. Uh, I just loved it. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Cause I think that people, I think because it is, you know, current language, like people, there's almost like this mental thing of like, it should be harder to read if it's going to be deep, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. But for me, like, and I, I think I kind of did the same thing where for a long time, like, well, if I'm really going to be reading my Bible, it should be, you know, a different translation. And then I finally started reading it in the message years ago. And I'm like, it was, it was 
I'm not going to say it was like a deeper experience, but it was a refreshing experience for me because a lot of these passages, like I grew up going to church. I went to Awana as a kid. <laughs> like I grew up in a Christian family. Like I'm really familiar with a lot of the Bible and to come back and read things in a way that just sounds, it's, I don't know, it made it harder for me to just kind of like skip over things. It slowed me down and kind of like brought like just a fresh perspective on mm. things that maybe I've heard a million times and have kind of become almost like too familiar in a sense. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that, I, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And I love that you've had that experience also. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I definitely want listeners to get The Bright Life onto their bookshelves right now because this really is such an encouraging and powerful book. Um, and again, like I mentioned earlier, I love that it is just little, little devotionals. It's not this big lengthy book that you have to read in one sitting. It really does walk you through just day by day what it looks like to implement a more holistic faith and to pursue a healthier, a better rhythm. Um, and I just so appreciate that about your book. Thank um, you. Can you share um, where listeners can find you? Yeah, definitely. So um, you can go right to my website, which is the easiest way to find other ways to connect me with just, just genwise.co. But um, for the book, you can go to brightlifebook.com and there's like a cool like book trailer they made and some fun things um, and links to order the book. Um, and it's a good, it is, it's a good book to do alone or with girlfriends and just connect even over text about, and then Instagram and Facebook is where I am most often and most casually. So that's just Jen L wise. And I love connecting with people, especially on Instagram. It's like my favorite spot. So I would love to find people there. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for just coming on today and just sharing more about your journey and all of these great pieces of wisdom for us. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. All right, I'll talk soon. Hey friends, if you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or in your Apple podcast app. Getting more reviews and ratings helps Soul Care for the New Mom get more exposure, which means more moms listening and more moms being filled with gospel truths and encouragement for their motherhood journey. I definitely want to see Soul Care continue to grow and you can help with that with your review. Plus, I love hearing your feedback and getting an idea of what this podcast has meant to you. So when you get a chance, please be sure to do that. That would truly bless me today.